Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here is your host stormy bonatoni the Sports Betting Network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Lombardi Line on a Thursday. We got Thursday night football ahead of us. A big game in the Big Easy between the Jags and Saints. Lots of injuries to update you on. No Michael Lombardi today. He is out, but have no worries. If you are in the GM shuffle crowd, there will be a new pod episode out in a little bit. But Jonathan Von Tobel, JVT, joining us. VSIN host of Live Bet Saturday, the College Lines Revealed show as well. Deep dive into NBA preseason yeah. as well. You've been a busy guy. Yes, yes. Um, preseason observation. Number one from the NBA. Cleveland Cavaliers have talked a lot about picking up the pace and shooting more threes. They have done just mm. that. Their pace in the preseason would lead the league in pace last year. They're shooting over 43s a game. Actually, over 50% of their three of their attempts have come from three-point range. I don't think those extremes will hold, but Cavaliers overs might be something interesting to start the regular season, which begins on Tuesday, Stormy. So Crazy that it's here already. Did you catch any? Obviously, we've got Major League Baseball playoffs going on right now, too, but the title town continues here in Vegas at yes. WNBA. The Aces winning last night as well. Uh, and with two key players out yep. right both in boots so it was a it was a testament to becky Hammond and what they had done uh you know changing up what they wanted to do defensively and really stymieing new york and, and getting a big win and you know the wnba where you were road you know the road venues or home venues i should say really start to hold serve and it's so hard to travel to go out there and get a win like that when you're down two key players uh, it's really big so good for them it's awesome obviously for las vegas you and i were actually together the day after the knights won yep. uh, the stanley cup so it's good to see a sports town like las vegas because it is a good sports town finally get some recognition with some championships so it's pretty cool to see no it's awesome not sure we'll get there with the raiders in the near future but, uh no uh... no not in any way shape or form especially <laughs> after they lose to uh i always forget i always go straight to somebody told me the other day that tyson what's his last name for the chicago bears Bajan, yeah, yeah, thank it's you. actually Bajan. Bajan, right. Well, so Bajant. somebody somebody hit me with the it sounds like a hobbit from Lord of the Rings. So every time I think of him, I go straight to like Lord of the Rings. I picture Bilbo what? Baggins. Um, but long way of saying they're not going to win a title because they're going to lose to Tyson Badgett this weekend. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I learned a fun story about him. Apparently his father, Travis, is a professional arm wrestler. 
So Ooh, no, I've watched too many videos on like e-bombs world of guys <laughs> like breaking their arms when they're doing uh, when they're doing arm wrestling. I can't do it. I, it saw, freaks me out. I saw a video of him at the senior bowl arm wrestling Tom Pelissero. And it really? was he had the microphone. He was talking through the entire time that he was arm wrestling Pelissero. And he's just screaming. He can't do anything. And this dude's just like, really? all right, I'll just that's actually, that's cool. It's really interesting. Is one of his arms bigger than the other? Like Quagmire and Family Guy that one time? I didn't notice. No, but that <laughs> <laughs> I can, that that's a visual that's in my brain <laughs> now. Though. Thanks for that. Um, great show though on tap for us today. Plenty of NFL. We'll get to some college football as well. Um, Will Hill is going to join us about half an hour. VEASAN contributor doing great work on the Bear Bets podcast with Chris Felica as well. Get some plays from him. Thoughts on Thursday night football. End of the hour. We'll get a deep dive on Jacksonville's side of things from Mia O'Brien covers the Jags very closely for 1010 XL Jacksonville. And then in hour two, betting analyst Michael Calabrese will join us from the Action Network. But let's get started diving into this Thursday night game because we've seen the line go all over the place this week with questioning whether or not quarterback Trevor Lawrence is going to be available, dealing with a slight knee sprain. He, you know, on short week, they're not mm-hmm. really practicing their walkthroughs, but he's had the knee brace on at walkthroughs. CJ Beathard has gotten the majority of those reps, but he told media this week that he wants to get out there and play takes a lot of pride in the fact that he hasn't missed a start since entering the league and Doug Peterson told Ed Werder of ESPN earlier today according to Adam Schefter that Lawrence will start against the Saints so you and I were talking about this when I was working this morning I like to put up the uh, you know the, the odd screen just to keep track of everything as it's going on and you know probably about what like seven eight o'clock in the morning the screen kind of lit up and everywhere went to two and I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. I didn't see any news other than um, Nathan Rourke, who was added to the the active roster for this team. Yep. Then when I get in here, notice that it gets up to two and a half. Well, it looks like our theory is correct, because as we're talking right now, I'm watching the screen light up. We're back down to two pretty much everywhere else. So it looked like the market kind of thought, hey, with the addition of Rourke, this means that maybe that Trevor Lawrence isn't going to play, despite everything that we've heard. Doesn't seem to be the case. And so it seemed like the market kind of reacted to that. I have a small play on Jacksonville money line here. I think all of things equal. If we're going to get Trevor Lawrence out, there Jacksonville defensively especially up front against that run has been absolutely incredible by a lot of different metrics so I think if we're getting Trevor Lawrence which seems to be the case uh, I think I'd rather bank on a team that I think is better and especially against the Saints team that has not been delivering at the window haven't been very good and I think the Jags are going to be the side to back here tonight yeah I joked with Michael yesterday I was like I would prefer a compromised Trevor Lawrence over a full strength CJ Beathard any day of the week knowing what I know about him from the San Francisco 49ers two and ten starting record for him by the way that was lovely that wasn't his fault your team stumped for a little bit. Yeah, there were a lot of injuries. It wasn't yeah. just Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's not like Beathard to somebody to write home about either. I'm going to put it there. Sure. But with with Let Lawrence and the knee being an issue, um, I know he said that it's been progressing well, but any concern in terms of his mobility, getting out of trouble, that standpoint tonight? I think there might be some of that in the plays in which he's under pressure. But if you look at like the breakdown of where Lawrence and this passing attack go, you know, a lot of his passes are uh, within you know nine yards of the line of scrimmage you know, behind the line of scrimmage. It's a really quick passing attack. It, it's I think it's well under 15 percent of his attempts have come 20 or more yards downfield. So it's not like a lot of deep developing routes that this offense really puts out there. And I think you'll probably see a little bit more of that, especially with the knee issue. So it's going to be quick time to throw. It's going to be get the ball out. It's kind of been an MO of their offense so far. So I, I wouldn't be overly concerned. Now, mobility is an underrated aspect of his game. So maybe there's not going to be those scrambles when the pocket opens up and there's nothing downfield. But I think just judging by the way 
that this team plays, I think that you're going to be able to mask any limitations with a knee issue. He is probably going to need to get the ball out a little faster than usual because offensive line, we've got some question marks. Walker yep. Little at guard we know is out. The other guard, Brandon Scherf, questionable right now. So still keeping an eye on that one. No Zay Jones, who remains sidelined for another week with a knee. And in the back end defensively, Tyson Campbell, who's their best uh, corner, he's going to be unavailable. <laughs> for the Saints, unfortunately for Derek Carr, who's been dinged up playing through a shoulder sprain the last couple of weeks, his offensive line is very compromised as well. Starting tackles, Ryan Ramchek out with a concussion. James Hurst out with an ankle and Landon Young, who's like a depth guy dealing with a hip. Jamal Williams, though, according to Ian Rappaport, expected to be activated from injured reserve. He'll be back out there. But a couple questionables as well. You know, people always say all the time, you know, like uh, when I cover the NBA, right? Oh, these injury reports is ridiculous. We're getting to that time of year at the NFL. Like oh, now these sure. aren't as impactful when it comes to a point spread perspective. But those are like the bodies and the, the pieces that could be missing that could make the difference in a game. And these injury lists are getting longer and longer because this is a very physical sport. So it's something worth keeping an eye on. But and I flipped this, too, because we talked a lot about Jacksonville. You mentioned Derek Carr. I'm not the biggest fan. Um, you know, when you watch Derek Carr and he, his PFF passing grade has been pretty below average, uh, that passing attack has not been as dynamic. They've yeah. been carried by a defense up to this point that's been very, very good, especially up front. But I, I think that when you're looking at everything, right, where you have two defenses that are really good up front, maybe susceptible on the back end, uh, two offenses, where does the edge go? I think the edge goes to Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I understand from that standpoint. Their offense has been sporadic, and you even look at last game, 0 for 3 in the red zone last week's oh, loss. Oh, don't get me started. The, the play... So I don't like it, it's, the, there's a play story where they go down, they're down by seven and it's pure Derek Carr where it's a fourth and three that they need. They're down by seven. He immediately checks it down to Alvin Kamara where there's two defenders yeah. just standing there. Like that's, that's Derek Carr in a nutshell. There's no aggressiveness when there needs to be there. And that's why I think that makes a difference in a game like this, like the passing attack. I mean, you see the number, right? I think we mentioned this. I know we had it in the notes. They're a perfect six and O to the under yep. because their defense is good and their offense is anemic. And you see some of the games that they're playing against some competition. I think like you're just, they're, not very good and I feel kind of jaded in a sense because I came into the year thinking the Saints shouldn't be favored to win this division they're not that good I was right there I was wrong in that I thought the Carolina Panthers would be able to do something here so maybe a team like the Falcons kind of stumble into something but yeah the Saints have not been impressive by any stretch especially on offense yeah that division is like unbearable I feel like yeah. at this point we get we there were teams that we were excited about and then none of them have lived up to expectations it's been really weird to watch but I do have an under in this game so Makes I'm sense. riding the streak I've I haven't been on it you know dating back to the 15 and one streak but at least the last four games I've cashed an under on this team so I'm going to kind of ride that wave right now with exactly what you're saying Saints defense has been really good top five in point in excuse me yards per game allowed top six I want to say in points per game allowed and uh, offensively, they've been pretty anemic. I mean, Derek Carr throws over 350 yards and only has 13 points yeah. on the board last week. So I'm sticking with that thought process. We'll see how it goes. But speaking can I, can I add on something really ahead. quick? So you, you you bet the under the last four games. So I, I think so this will be the fifth one then, right? Correct. So well, it's, I think it's a really important point to make because I think a lot of people like we, we always talk about like kind of poo-pooing on trends, things like this, short sample size trends. But you're a really good example of if you've been in on the trend, then it makes sense to continue to write it because you you're up enough, right? Writing this thing that if you lose today, you're fine. I'll be okay. Yeah, right. But for somebody like me who has not been betting, it, it wouldn't be wise to yeah. just come in and go, hey, in the last you know, whatever, 16 games under, I'm going to come in today. I'm not somebody like you. And then that's when the streak ends right, and you're exactly. like, All right. I'm not somebody <laughs> like you that's been able to cash in on something like this. So I think it's an important distinction to make. Also, what you mentioned with Derek Carr being kind of checked down Charlie in this situation, I wonder if, and later on in the show, we'll 
look more deeply into props and some of the opportunities there. But I wonder if like passing attempts or completions or something like that could potentially be an option for Derek Carr. Mostly I, I hear people talking about betting unders in this game all over the place yeah. because of exactly what we just discussed. But I wonder if that's an area that, you know, he's going to get the ball out. Oh, I, I think so, too. And especially when we go back to it by many different metrics, Jacksonville is one of the best run defenses in the National Football League. So if we're kind of rolling with that theory, then I would assume that this running game is not going to be very effective. Well, how do you counterbalance that? At the very least, I think attempts start to go up right. for, for Derek Carr. So maybe not so much completions, but betting over his attempts at a game like this, because I don't think you're going to be able to run the ball uh, with some consistency against Jacksonville. Yeah, I feel like it could be like a. 21 to 23 completions, 34 attempts type sure. of a day for Derek Carr. Um, and I mean, neither, I think both teams are going to have a hard time running the ball today. The The Saints run defense has been really good too. I know everybody has loved all of the touchdown numbers from Travis Etienne on the Jag side, but I, I want to say it was 55 yards on 18 attempts last game. Yeah. Like he's averaging under four yards per carry for the season. I'm not sure that he's going to light it up today from that standpoint. Either, either way, so. I'm looking forward to an awesome Thursday night game. It's going to be like... 11 to 6. See? It's going to be fantastic. Right. Unders, baby. Unders. Um, we're going to step aside real quickly. And I want to know what your actual number came out to on the game in the John Vaughn model. We'll look at a lot of the games coming up this weekend. Week 6 in the NFL. According to JVT's model. Let's do it. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all of the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You also get unlimited access to the vsin.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. You can also check on the top VSIN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI. See which VSIN expert has the hot hand. For VSIN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access. Come join us. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. You can sign up for just $19 for your first month at vsin.com slash subscribe alongside Jonathan Von Tobel, Stormy Bond and Tony with you. And it's been a while, yes. JVT, since we've been together. So it's been a while since we've had a John Von model update. Your I mean, you model. You guys can do it when I'm not here. Well, I, it's I better to get it straight from the horse's mouth. You know what I'm saying? But you do. he, he does put an article out every single week at vcin.com with the latest updated numbers from the models that you've created. You've still been like, shaping and tweaking every mm-hmm. week. You and Mitch Moss are doing one contest entry every week based on your top five edges yes. every week as well. Um, first off, I guess, how's that been going? And how's the model tweaked at this point? All right, so um, contest-wise, we were 18 and 12 in the contest. So steadily chugging along. Uh, last week went two and three. So that was was the the second so what we're heading into week seven so that was the second losing week of the year for the model so the model's actually been in operating at a pretty steady pace so best bets 18 and 12 overall record or as i've said you know if you've played every edge that the model has given you uh, you are 54 37 and 2 stormy so it's it's gone uh, at a pretty good clip to start so we'll see because one of the things that's just been really interesting on a week-to-week basis is is changing and tweaking and you know the first thing i do is all right let's just punch in the matchups for this week and see what comes out and you do get some extreme results. You know, mm-hmm. I told you this week, the extreme one was I punched in Buffalo, New England, and I got back bills by 23. And I was like, all right, we got we to gotta go, go in the back end and tinker a little bit here and see what's going like, on. I agree that the bills are much better, but okay, yeah, let's like, hold it. To have a, what would that be? Uh, Like a 15 point edge or something (laughs) like that. It's a little extreme. So, you know, it's been off to a good start. And as I I wrote about and I write about every single week, you know, as the sample size grows, I would expect that we're going to come back down to the pack. Right now, overall edge is hitting at about a 60% clip or so. That's going to regress. Um, And, but it's, it's been a good process so far. So to, to be a third of the way through the season and have Mm -hmm. these results come back, it's been, it's been a fun thing so far. And you're doing one for the NBA as well coming up. Yeah. So we're going to do a lot more with that uh, coming up. If I, carve out some time here in the next couple of days but we have i have built a player-based model a very very rudimentary one it's really actually based on only one statistic so my my goal here over the weekend and over the next couple of days before the start of the nba season is to get some more statistics in there and to get that thing sorted out but yes we have a player-based model that we are going to update on fridays up on the website as well at vcin.com awesome well let's stick to week seven in the nfl right now um safe to say then even based on your tweaked numbers that the biggest edge is still buffalo yes it is I think it's uh, just over five points. So that's the biggest edge on the board. Uh, they are 13. They're projected to win. We'll call it by 14 because it's 13.98. Uh, they're favored to win by 14 over the New England Patriots. And to reiterate for anybody who's watching uh, at home, if you're looking at it now or if you go up on the vcin.com and you check out the projections, a negative number means a projected uh, win for the road team. So, for example, you know, New England Patriots, negative 13.98. You see there, that's a projected 13.98 point victory for the Buffalo Bills. So, yes, that is the biggest edge. And I don't really disagree with it look buffalo did not look great against the new york giants last week but we have seen nothing from new england especially on offense that would give you any hope that against a bills defense which is graded out very very well has done very well multiple metrics that they're going to be operate be able to operate at a high level i guess you're hoping that new england's defense would be able to keep you in this thing uh, but they've been kind of up against it considering how bad the offense is so it's not one that i necessarily disagree with do Mm -hmm. i disagree with the the uh value excuse me the 
the the overall edge itself like should i be over five points eh, not necessarily but we got a large sample size of success so just roll with it for now yeah you anticipate to buffalo coming off of the way that they had to sneak out a win this past weekend probably pretty motivated to have a good day josh allen it seems like everything is all good with his shoulder at this point yep. he ended up finishing the game but at least reports earlier this week or that he's going to be okay he'll get out there and start interesting note the Patriots haven't been a home underdog of eight and a half points or more since 2001 in the first start of Tom Brady. Wow. I mean, they've underdogs eight and a half points or more at home. That's crazy. Yep. I mean, they've been pretty good for a really long time, but you can understand why we're here at this point right now. And, you know, even like the little things stormy, like they seem to be somewhat what's the word I'm looking for. Um, like they're, they're committing a lot of penalties. You know, what word is that? It's too early. I haven't had my caffeine kick in like, yet. I uh, feel like you're looking for a specific word that I probably don't have. For uh, you. It's going to come to me. It's actually a very simple word that I'm, I sound like an idiot right now. Either way, um, <laughs> the, you know, the, they're, they're committing a lot of penalties. They're making a lot of mistakes. Uncharacteristic. Like, yeah, it is uncharacteristic of them, but like, that's, that's something that has really kind of been weird about this whole thing. Like Mac Jones regressing after what happened last year or whatnot. That's been kind of troubling, especially after a strong rookie year. But that's kind of the weird part is usually you don't see Bill Belichick teams make mistakes to really um, compound the issues that you already have. And that's been one of the big problems for him. The Undisciplined. There you go. There we go. Sorry about that. I wish that I could have helped you out. As more. I said, a simple word that I'm going to sound like an idiot once I realize the word <laughs> I'm looking for. The thing with Mac Jones that I think has been the most troubling is that we all anticipated that with him having a real offensive coordinator this year, that he'd get back to more of what we saw that rookie yes. season. And that last year was an anomaly. Hey, let's scratch it out. Let's pretend that didn't happen because how are we trusting Matt Patricia and the situation that they have over there? And it, it just still has been really, really rough to watch and unfortunate. And you, all those questions start popping up about what this means for Bill Belichick, who's been the goat of coaches in the national football league. And now that narrative has changed a lot and the team is losing and the team is struggling. So it's uh, it's just been a very unexpected situation, I feel like. Have Haven. you and Michael talked at all about... So one of the things that I've kind of been harping on is I think we now have a large track record here that at the very least, because there's there's dumb conversations like, will Belichick get fired? I don't think that's the case. But I think at the end of the season, you have real conversations about, Bill, you, you're you not really hitting on offensive personnel. Like you don't... It's not that you don't know, but like the, the track record of success in evaluating successful of offensive player, right, has not been very good. And it dates back all the way to like the first round pick for Sonny Michelle. Like it goes back for a while. And Nikhil Harry, right? Remember a first round pick too? So I wonder if that's like the conversation, what you change, because the big issue for Bill Belichick since Tom Brady has left has not been the defense. The defense has actually been very good. It's been an offense that you have not been able to find anything in terms of personnel and missed on quite a few decisions. Yeah. I mean, Jacoby Myers is in Las Vegas doing pretty well. Like he could have just paid him. wasn't really that much and it could help out Mac Jones. But I think that's part of the conversation here is what they're going to do from a decision-making standpoint when it comes to the personnel uh, for their team. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I say that on Lombardi. Line. I don't want Michael. Get mad <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. Uh, Patriots won five to start the season. They failed to cover in nine of their last 10 games dating back to last year and nine straight as an underdog, which just again, interesting stats doesn't mean anything necessarily, but just information for you to have at home. I think that for people that have Buffalo, this makes sense as a survivor play. I yeah. think the most popular play is going to be Seattle this week. How does that game play out in your model against Arizona? Let's see. I've got, it's right on the line with the market. I think we've got okay. Seattle favored by essentially eight points, 7.96 points. So what are we at with the NFL market? I think it's by eight, right? And it's where we're at. So yeah, seven and a half. So within a half point, just less than that of where the betting market is. So it makes sense. I think, you know, one of the things that has really stuck out when it comes to Arizona that my model has been kind of consistent with is it hasn't really, I wrote about this, I think two weeks ago. And I know I wrote about it last week because uh, the uh, Rams were one of the plays. 
the model hasn't really bought, didn't never really bought into Arizona. You know, when they like mm. beat the Cowboys and they were covering numbers, it never really bought into some of it because statistically they still weren't performing at a very high level. And so that's why, you know, last week the Rams were one of the biggest edges and they ended up getting there this week. They are projected to win by eight. That's where the market is now. So the market seems to kind of be keeping up or catching up with the fact, or at least where my model was, Arizona was really kind of that team that we always thought they were right. It's just that they hid that with some really good performances early against some lesser teams. Yeah. And I feel like a consistent trend with them too, is that been even when they were playing really well, it would start to kind of die off sure. in the fourth quarter, second half. And now that they don't have James Connor, I feel like it's even harder to have any interest in backing that team. So I, I really like Seattle in this spot. The spread's probably a little rich for my blood, but I, I like the Seahawks. Is there another big edge or advantage you feel like sure. that came across? So the five plays that we're going to make uh, are going to be Bills, Dolphins, Giants, Bears, and Buccaneers. So the back end of that, uh, pray for us because that is an ugly card to sweat at the back end. Uh, but the Dolphins are the second biggest edge. In fact, uh, the Dolphins, according to John Von Model, I believe, let me double check here, are favored to win against Philadelphia by just under a point, by 0 0.76 mm. points. So that's the second biggest edge. Obviously, Philly is a two and a half point favorite there but Miami's one of those two again and I think this is I've been very open with this one of the flaws of the model very heavily based in offensive metrics right. the Eagles have been very average on offense so far this year the Dolphins we know are an elite offensive team so once one of the things I did this week Stormy and I wrote about it one of the things that I had to change was for a while um, football outsiders had shut down Aaron Schatz took his statistics over to FTN so it took a while to update their database one of the key statistics I used was net drive success rate that was on football outsiders didn't have it for a while, found out that it was back this week. It's probably been back for a little bit. So when I updated everything with those statistics, when it came back to those, this made a really big jump in favor of Miami. So we're, we're here, Miami, at least according to the model, favored to win by just under a point. I know we have to hit a break, but like I test on the Eagles this year. Not great. Yeah. We can get embarrassed. Just barely getting by the, the decision making for Hertz. I mean, it's kind of uh, magnified by the end of that Jets game. But like, as I, like I've told people before, like, if you had the rocketiest of rocket arms, you're not fitting it into that window where, where you throw that pick that ultimately loses you the game. So they've been getting by. I think they are worse than what their record is. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. And I mean, the interception numbers, obviously yep. having three last game, but more through six games this season than he had all of last year. We're going to step aside real quickly. Second time out of the day, but plenty more Lombardi line. When we return, we got NFL, we got college football. Stick around. This is Visa and the Sports Betting Network. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. That's V-S-I-N. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. JVT and Stormy Bonantoni with you back here on the Lombardi Line on VSIN, the sports betting network. Continuing our conversation of Thursday Night Football, we got a big game coming up in the Big Easy. Jags, Saints going head-to-head -head in primetime tonight to help us break it down from the Jacksonville perspective. Excited to welcome in Mia O'Brien, Jags reporter, 1010XL Jacksonville. Welcome in Mia. Thanks for joining us. Of course, the big news coming in regarding quarterback Trevor Lawrence and his status with his knee. Word on the street is he's going to start tonight. What have you heard about how that knee sprain is treating the star quarterback? 
Yeah, thanks so much, Stormy. I'll be honest with you, walking around the locker room Sunday after the win over Indianapolis in week six, Trevor was walking around without any sort of brace, any sort of cast, and seemed really optimistic at the time. Now, obviously, he noted he has never had a knee injury in his life, so it was still some unfamiliar territory for him to charter. Obviously, he was then pictured leaving the stadium on Sunday with a brace of some sort, and then obviously when he returned to the practice field Tuesday for that walkthrough, if you may have practiced, a bit bulkier of a brace. He walked into his availability on Tuesday, uh, wished one of our local columnists a happy birthday, and was as positive and sunshine and rainbows as he's ever been. Um, and so from the moment that he smiled and said, I'm going to do everything I can, I'm optimistic that I will play. The fact that C.J. Beathard, the backup, said it's still very likely, and this was on Tuesday, that Trevor would play. I never really had any major doubts that he would start. And obviously the latest report from Ed Warder of ESPN that Doug Peterson has told him that so long as everything goes well during warmups, it will be 16 tonight under center. So, Mia, one of the things that we had noticed was the betting market freaked out when the news came down that Nathan Rourke uh, was getting signed. Is is there anything to that? Is there maybe some limitations? Will they be watching Trevor? And if he's not comfortable, uh, will he get pulled? Or is this just, hey, we're all systems go. It's it's a tough sport and you're going to be out there and we're going to roll with you. Nope, that's 100, a byproduct of the new three-quarterback rule after what happened to the 49ers in the playoffs last year. Um, The Jaguars actually only had 52 active players on their active roster, so they actually had one spot to kind of work with. If Trevor Lawrence was ruled out of this game, if they knew he wasn't going to play, they would have simply elevated Nathan Rourke from the practice squad, and your two available quarterbacks would have been C.J. Beathard and Nathan Rourke. Because they went this roundabout way of signing him to the active roster, that says to me that he is an emergency quarterback who will not not count against the number of active players they can actually have on game day tonight and can be available. Heaven forbid something was to happen to Trevor and CJ, like what happened to the 49ers last January. So Trevor dealing with his injury, um, potentially missing some help up front as well on that offensive line. Also on defense, no Tyson Campbell tonight. How big a loss is that for the defensive unit here against the Saints team? You know, that's the funny part, Stormy. I think everybody has been so fixated on Trevor, even though Trevor has continued to reiterate that he's progressing well, that we've glossed over the fact that the Jags are losing for at least one game their top corner. They will have Buster Brown, the second-year corner out of Arkansas, stepping in. Once again, he had stepped in for release of Tyson on Sunday. He played pretty well at the start, but then Gardner Minshew was able to expose him a little bit in the second half. My expectation is that it will be Monteric Buster Brown starting on the outside in place of Tyson, and then Trey Herndon will remain in the slot where, after being a question mark on the outside last year and the year prior, he has thrived at the nickel spot this season. And so I don't think Mike Caldwell is going to take one loss and turn it into potentially two by moving Herndon, and so I expect the second-year Brown to get the start. Mia, I'm curious, when you observe this team, one of the things that really sticks out statistically is this run defense has been incredible. So how do you see this matching up with New Orleans tonight? Yeah, fourth in the National Football League, and honestly, they keep getting better. No Devon Hamilton tonight. I think he, in my estimation, knowing he practiced in full this past week, I think he will be available for Pittsburgh the week before the bye. Um, Still won't have him this week, but that defensive front continues to grow in its strength in stopping the run. We know that the New Orleans Saints offensive line is banged up. They kind of have an offensive line shuffle going on. We saw Trayvon Walker actually lead the Jags 
outside of Josh Allen and pressures last week. So his development continues for the num- former number one overall pick. And I think right now what you're seeing is Roy Robertson Harris is having to do a lot because of Devon Hamilton's absence. And so I think that this is a game where if the Jags do have the advantage in the trenches, that can free him up a little bit. And if he can get to the quarterback, look out because now you got three guys right there. If the Jags only rush four, that can actually get to Derek Carr. Jaguars reporter Mia O'Brien of 1010XL Jacksonville joining us here on the Lombardi line. Uh, Another thing that I've heard some people talk about this week is just how much travel that Jacksonville has had recently. Do you think that could impact them at all today? Maybe all of the travel catching up with them a little bit or, or how do you think tonight just plays out in general? I'm going to be honest with you, Stormy. Uh, We were just walking around uh, downtown New Orleans for lunch and I can tell you this, none of the players were out and about, but I saw a couple different staffers. Everybody's itching to get to the stadium and get to work. So I do not think this is a team that's looking for a three-day weekend, that's looking ahead to their buy in two weeks' time. I think right now the goal is, hey, we've, we've struck the iron while it's hot. Let's keep hitting it and try to channel this energy. And so certainly there's something to be said about them being the first team in NFL history to go across the pond for the extended period, then having to come back, how would they look? Obviously, uh, pretty good. They put up 37 points, and the defense looked lights out against the Colts. Certainly, some could look at this as a trap game, but I think if they can continue to harness that energy, they'll be able to put it together here tonight. So bring this back to the offense. One of the cases that I was making, me if you look at Trevor's statistical profile, one of the shortest times to throw in the National Football League, a lot of you know short routes, uh, behind the line of scrimmage stuff in terms of percentage of throws. Is there any concern that the knee limits him in terms of his athleticism that puts him in danger? Because I was making the case that given the passing attack, I don't think that would be the case. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, there could be something, too. Maybe he doesn't run quite as much. He'll tell you that he will. Um, obviously, again, he has never played with a knee brace before Tuesday. So if he does choose to play with one tonight, he was still uncertain when we spoke with him on Tuesday. That certainly maybe could be a limitation. Um, but I think that this team, I mean, it's crazy to think, but Travis Etienne leads the NFL and carries. I think right now this is a team that is – Somehow, some way, as much as they talk about passing to score and running to win, the offense is predicated on the run, even if, as we saw in the second half of that Colts game, uh, let's just say sometimes the play calling gets away from the run and becomes so fixated on the pass, i.e. coming out of halftime with a 21-6 lead and throwing the ball three times. Not really sure what that was about. Um, But, again, sometimes they get caught up in being cute. But I think as long as you have a heavy dose of Travis Etienne, that can certainly lighten the load for Trevor Lawrence. So they take the three-game win streak into Thursday night football, four and two on the year, favorites to win the AFC South. Who in that division is their biggest competition right now? Like, could it be the Texans, who I don't think anybody really thought coming into the year would be? No one did, and undoubtedly it is. They are, no question about it in my mind, the second-best team in the AFC South. I already have that road trip to Houston at the end of November circled because for all intents and purposes, the division could be decided that day. Obviously, they have a leg up on the Jags and head-to-head, but the Jags have the better lead in terms of inter-AFC South record right now. Um, I think it'll be curious to see if the Texans can sustain what they've built over the last few weeks. CJ Stroud is certainly playing like a veteran player. He doesn't look like a rookie, but that offensive line is so banged up. And if the Jags defensive front continues to get healthier and their secondary once Tyson Campbell returns also gets healthy, they lead the national football league in takeaways for a reason. And so I think that there's something in the Jags locker room. There's, there's a little edge because of that week three loss to Houston. So needless to say, I think they will be more than ready for that November matchup. But yes, 
undoubtedly in my mind. I think that the Titans are getting old real quick. And I think the Colts now with An- without Anthony Richardson, were already rebuilding a little bit. And now there's no question. It's going to take them a full season to kind of figure out what they have in Indianapolis. All right, last 90 seconds, then let's zoom out further. As you've seen this team, where do you think they stand in the grand scheme of the AFC? The grand scheme of the AFC, if they actually play their best game on offense, this is a one or two seed, in my opinion. I think that you saw a team that came out flat on offense week two, was trying to do too much, then got caught behind the eight ball against Houston with several wild special teams wonders. I mean, how often do you see a fullback return for a touchdown? Um, Never is the answer. And so I think that if you take those two games away, the Jags have yet to put together a complete game. The offense continues to grow each week. The defense has been consistent. And there were so many questions about this defense, although it returned all 11 starters coming into this year, they have completely eradicated any doubt. And if they can continue to put those performances together, and if the offense comes along, then look out. I think that a rematch with Kansas City, another rematch with Buffalo, there's a good chance it goes with Jags life. Yeah, I know you said you guys are all work right now, but going to hit Bourbon Street at all tonight? Just walked past it. I think uh, the Bold <laughs> City Brigade and Duval, uh, they, they did some work there last night. We flew in this morning, so, uh, so I didn't get to see it in full effect. But I know they had a parade here downtown. Um, so I think you'll see a lot of teal and black in the audience at the Superdome tonight. There we go. Awesome stuff, Mia. Thanks for your time. Appreciate you. Have fun tonight. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Mia O'Brien, follow her on X at Mia O'Brien TV, doing great stuff over there for 1010 XL in Jacksonville. Appreciate her making some time on a game day where things sit right now. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars as a two and a half point dog total 40 out there in the big easy, but we'll continue to monitor where these numbers might go because they have been on the move over the last 48, 72 hours. We'll be right back on the Lombardi line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
Welcome back to the Lombardi line. Don't forget everybody on DraftKings Sportsbook this season. New customers can bet $5 and pocket 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus all customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VSIN. That's V-S-I-N when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Stormy Bonantoni and Jonathan Von Tobel with you here on VSIN and excited to talk some more college football with Michael Calabrese, betting analyst over there at the Action Network. Appreciate you taking some time to join us, especially with such a big weekend. We got Penn State, Ohio State on deck, top 10 in the Big Ten. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be great. I'm sweating it a little bit. I got all kinds of Penn State futures, but I think they're actually really well positioned for this matchup. When you look at what they do well on the defensive side of the ball, they're number one in the country in success rate, and it's a Manny Diaz defense. So they're also number one in terms of havoc. And then a lot is being made of Penn State's offense not being all that explosive up against an Ohio State defense that is number one in limiting explosive plays. But when you look at Drew Aller's card this year, his passing chart he doesn't go down the field, so it doesn't really affect them. They're happy to dink and dunk, rely on their running game. They're very strong offensive line. And I also don't think enough is being made about Ohio State's injuries coming into this mm-hmm. game. Denzel Burke in their secondary, Egbuka at wide receiver, and Henderson in their backfield. All three of those guys are questionable to some degree coming in. And if they are limited in this game, I think this plays out more towards a pick as opposed to where it is in the market right now. So I'm actually on the Penn State money line. If, if you like Penn State here, Michael, do you sit back and wait for the injury noose, right? Because I would assume if it's officially announced that those guys are going to play together, I was making the case for Stormy. They're worth something. And you're starting to see like Circa's up to five and a half. So would you just sit back and wait? Because if they don't play, I don't think there's going to be much of an adjustment from where we're at now, right? I would agree with that. I think in terms of your overall gut feel for a money line play, there's not going to be a huge differential in line movement in terms of player availability moving forward. But I do think that there's an opportunity if you wait a little bit that it could impact the total. So I keep my money on the sideline in that regard. If you're waiting on injury availability, you know, minutes before kickoff. When you talk about the Penn State futures that you have in hand as well, like how are you feeling about those at this point in the season? I liked them as a team to make the college football playoff this year as well. Yeah, I think it's basically lining up perfectly because I do really enjoy this matchup on paper, at least against Ohio State. So I prefer them going on the road to play this one and then hosting Michigan because Michigan, I don't think is a great matchup for them because the only true vulnerability in this Penn State defense is really playing smash mouth football and running the ball in between the tackles. And we know that Michigan wants to do that over and over and over again. So despite the fact that they're going to be at home I believe it's going to be a noon kickoff, so they're not going to get that electric late night energy up in Happy Valley against Michigan to try to, you know, to have a bit of a advantage, at least in terms of the atmosphere. So I do think if they get the win here, then you're in a perfect position to hedge because this will probably vault them into let's call it the top three, if not the top two of the AP rankings. So I know we got another play, but I want to get your thoughts on maybe some of the big games, too. Um, One of the things I want to get your thoughts on was the status of Tyler Van Dyke and what this means for Miami, because they're taking on Clemson. I talked to a lot of people that they thought last week was the buy low spot for Miami, right, coming off of that Georgia Tech loss. I actually kind of think, Michael, this is the buy low spot this week for them if Van Dyke's going to be healthy. So it looks like you're nodding in agreement. Yeah, I mean, Van Dyke, it means so much to this team. And also, I think just from a psychological perspective as well, as somebody who can play at such a high level, he can kind of right the ship a bit. But this Clemson defense, if it's a backup quarterback, it is going to be a disaster for Miami because mm-hmm. for all of the issues on the offensive side of the ball and the questions about who's really you know calling the games, their overall playbook, what they're trying to do offensively, defensively, I still love this Clemson team. So really, I think it's either a play on Clemson if Van Dyke is even questionable or to go ahead and play the under in this spot. 
while we're on quarterback injuries, I feel like a natural transition is probably Riley Leonard and Duke taking on Florida State this weekend, sitting that number at 14 and a half. How are you looking at that one? One of my favorite unders of the entire weekend. You look at Florida State's defense in the last few weeks. Jared Verse is finally coming on on their edge, and it's really given them a higher ceiling in terms of their overall defensive play against a Duke team that, with Riley Leonard, I imagine that he's going to be limited in some regard. And without him being a dual threat, truly, I think it's going to be too difficult for them to sustain drives in this game. But when Florida State has the ball, this Duke defense is for real, particularly in their secondary. And their only vulnerability, if you want to nitpick a little bit, is the running game in Florida State has just been inconsistent. You know, the fact of the matter is that Trey Benson was supposed to be a bell cow back this year. He has not been. I know he's played a little bit better in the past few weeks, but this Duke defense, I think you're not going to be able to take advantage of them through the air. They're top 10 in success rate on that side of the ball. So I think this is going to turn into a rock fight. And Mike Elko is an elite defensive game plan, you know, specialist. So I believe that he's going to put together a great game here, try to shrink this down with those running clocks after first downs in a game like this. So 48 and a half does not scare me away for an under. All right, let's make sure we get your play in. Georgia State been a very, very uh, a beneficial team to follow at the window if you're a better out there, and it looks like you're going back to the window again here, right? Yeah, they're playing Louisiana in a critical Sunbelt game, and Louisiana is a paper tiger. No way around it. They played four teams outside of the Sagarin Top 100. It's really boosted their rushing stats. They average uh, more rushing yards than any other team in the Sunbelt Conference, but they're up against a top 30 run defense in Georgia State. And when the Panthers have the football, they do two things incredibly well. They protect Darren Granger, their dual threat quarterback, their top 20 in avoiding havoc nationally, and they run the ball so well. Marcus Carroll went from a running back by committee member for the first three years of his career to being a feature back. He's averaging over 150 yards per game in Sunbelt play. I think they're going to absolutely boat race the Raging Cajuns here. I like to call this the Wiley Coyote moment. Like Louisiana has been coasting on their, you know, previous reputation. They're out there, you know, dangling their feet in the air. This is when the free fall comes. I'm actually going to play this on the alternate line. I think Georgia State should be a three-point favorite here. Love a good alt line here with Michael Calvary's of the Action Network joining us on the Lombardi line. Let's go a little bit bigger picture and talk Heisman because with Washington coming off the big win over Oregon this past weekend, Michael Penix has now vaulted to an odds on favorite. I see minus 130 right now on DraftKings. Does that potentially open up the door, open the window for some of these other guys who still have significant numbers? Oh, I absolutely think so. Here's a little nugget. This is the first time a Heisman favorite has entered week eight with negative juice since Lamar Jackson in 2016. Wow. I think Michael Penix Jr. is a great player. I do not think he is in the, the same conversation as where Lamar Jackson was at that point in that season. And the other issue is that he has injury history. And also he has a player on his own team who he could end up, you know, having votes siphoned away from him in Roma Dunze. Roma Dunze essentially won them that game against Oregon. There was a lot of jump balls. He ends up catching the game winning touchdown. If I was a Heisman voter, he would be in my top three. So it is a question of does this open up value for other players? I think absolutely. Dylan Gabriel has a great Heisman moment leading a game winning drive in the Red River showdown against Texas. And there's other players who are going to have marquee opportunities down the stretch to potentially put their teams into the college football playoff, Drake May being one of them. So I think what this is doing by him having negative juice at this point is inflating the value on all these other players. So yeah, I would start building a portfolio of some of these guys at 10, 15, 20 to 1. Yeah, the two that I thought of, Michael, that I was going to bring to the Stormy later, you hit one, Drake May, yeah, because I think the production is going to be there. Tez Walker makes a massive difference. Yep. It really is going to help him out. Uh, their schedule is awesome, so they can build up those stats while stacking up wins. The other that might not have the wins resume does have a moment later, but statistically, Jaden Daniels 
Daniels is is incredible with what he's been able to do. He was 35 to one last weekend. Now he's up to 14 to one. Like, I still think there's value in adding him to a portfolio. I agree. And as you mentioned, it's all about having those Heisman moment opportunities and having those marquee you know, matchups. So LSU traveling to play Alabama. I like Alabama this week. I think they're going to climb you know, even higher in the AP rankings after handling Tennessee. That's a great opportunity for him to score a marquee win. It's the reason why they were able to vault into the SEC West title last year by beating Alabama in overtime. So I agree with you. Even at 14 to one, I still think there's value on Daniels. What about big picture for like college football national championship talk? Because I've been kind of just looking at the odds board and targeting some of those one loss teams where they sit right now. I I don't think Alabama is out of the question. Mm -hmm. I don't think Oregon is out of the question. How are you kind of breaking down the market right now to win it all? What's so interesting in the swan song for the Pac-12, not only do I think they're going to get a team into the college football playoff, that team doesn't even need to be undefeated. So I think you're seeing the board in the right way. But expand beyond Oregon. How about Oregon State? They're sitting here at 150 to one in the market, and they're only they only have one loss on the on the season. When you look at the teams they're playing down the stretch, they got a game against Washington, they got the Civil War against Oregon, and when you look at what their defensive coordinator was able to dial up last year, they held Washington far below, I believe, 15, 16 points below their season average, and Oregon six points below their scoring average in an upset. So. In terms of what they have on the field, I think they absolutely have the horses to get it done and to have a few upsets and get to the Pac-12 title game. If they get there with one loss, they're probably going to be in that five to six range of the college football playoff rankings. And then there's one more game on tap that's likely going to be a top 10 matchup, whether it's USC, a, a rematch against Washington, a rematch against Oregon. I think that they'll have the resume, you know, talking points to get into the college football playoff and at 150 to one. That's just oozing with value. Real quick, too. We've seen now added at DraftKings the markets of yes, no, will they make the playoffs? So that's something to look at to Oregon State is uh, 14 to one to make the playoffs. So if you don't want to invest in the championship, yeah. there you can go. Really, really good talking points, Michael. Appreciate your time. You're awesome. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for having me. Michael Calabrese of the Action Network. Follow him on X at East Breeze. Um, but let's continue a little bit more of this college football conversation oh, when yeah. we come back on the other end of the break, especially because like Drake May for me, like I really, really like that bet right Agreed. now. Um, okay, that's going to do it for this segment. We're going to take a quick break. The music is telling me to shut up, but stay with us on Visa. We've got college football and wrapping up Thursday night football when we return. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.